Afternoon, people. Um, first of all, before I get going, uh, I want to apologise for the last podcast, because, podcast even. Um, my brother uh, said to me that I tended to use the term fair play a hell of a lot. So this week, I'm going to try and think about what I'm going to say prior to actually saying it. But I think... The one reason why I said fair play a hell of a lot was because I was absolutely, and like every other fan, buzzing from what was a fantastic performance against Leicester. You cannot, cannot deny what a performance that was against a team that had smashed Man City the week before. However, this week is a different type of buzz because I am absolutely buzzing off my tits after a result against Spurs from being 3-0 down and coming back 3-0 and to score what was an absolute worldie of a goal in the 94th minute. I mean, how many times in the past have Tottenham scored a 90th minute goal against us? Wasn't it wonderful to see Lanzini, who, let's face it, has disappeared over the last two years or so. He's been nowhere near the player that he was, but my God, did he or did he not show us what that guy is capable of? We know that he's got this sort of shit in his locker. We know he's class. Back in the day when we signed him and when we had Dimitri Pye out, Injured. I remember he had a, a, a couple of months out and people were like, oh God, what are we going to do without Dimitri Pye? I was more than happy that Lanzini would get the spotlight because I thought that he had it in him. And he did. And he was performing. And then he had, he got that real bad injury that got him out of the, uh, the Argentina World Cup squad. And since he's been back, he's just not been the same player, unfortunately. I think every West Ham fan with Lanzini gets frustrated because he's had two years of just nothing, really. He's, 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 not, he's not really contributed to anything. Um, his performances have not been up to the standard that he sets. Um, so for him to go and score an equaliser like that in the last minute was just... It was just beautiful. It was it was a beautiful, beautiful goal. Um, it cracked me up listening to Sunesh trying to uh, trying to say, "Oh, Larice, maybe if he goes with his other hand, he's going to get that." He ain't getting that. There's absolutely no fucking way he's getting that. There is no way any keeper was saving that. You put Peter Schmeichel in goal, he ain't saving that. It was in the top top bin. There was no way anyone was saving that. What a goal. I mean, the first 15 minutes, now that was a little daunting, being 3-0 down after after that amount of time. And I'm sitting down with my dad and we're watching it and, you know, we're kind of looking at each other thinking, do we turn this off? You know, this could be anything. Um, however, I actually thought, and Jamie Carragher said that we were terrible in the first half. 
I actually don't think that we played that bad in the first half. I thought the first 15 minutes we were pretty dreadful. Um, probably more, well, it was, it was more defensive-wise. We, were, we weren't great. Going forwards, not too bad. Um, we was knocking the ball around, um, but we got totally undone by three good goals. Um, Son just completely annihilated Balbuena at the back for the first one. I say it completely annihilated him. He just basically, Balbuena didn't defend it very well. And Son took advantage and scored scored a fairly decent goal. And Kane, you know, when he nutmegs old Declan Rice outside the box and, you know, smashes it in from 20 yards and a header, which is, he's never going to miss that. Um, defensively, we were, we were shocking. But... The game after that, I actually thought we didn't play too bad. Um, it wasn't great to watch, but overall, I I didn't think we were doing that bad, and I didn't feel as the first half went on. I it didn't feel like we were three nil down, and maybe it's because we were three nil down. Maybe we're thinking, well, you know, <laughs> fifteen minutes, game's over um, against a team team like Spurs. Um, and maybe you know everyone was fairly relaxed on the pitch, and you know they they, they um, there was no pressure. You know they could go out there and just play the game as they wanted. Um, and the second half, we come out and we started off well again. Four nails with that unbelievable miss from a yard out, heading it over. I mean, he was. I I, I get that you know he was he was under the ball. He weren't he weren't tall enough. If if that was Haller. If that was Haller, then that would have been a goal. Like he would have, he would have stooped over it and headed it down. But yeah, the like the that 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 was a pretty pretty shocking miss actually. Um, but overall, you know, we 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 did play well. Annoyingly, really frustratingly, it was uh, it got to about six o'clock, and uh, I had my son, um, and I had to take him home. Uh, to to his mum's, um, and I always take him home at six o'clock. Um, and usually, my phone would you know ping you know if if a goal's gone in uh, for West Ham or or the opposition, but I didn't get anything. And it was three 0 when I left, and when I walked back in, uh, it was three uh, two. So I was I I couldn't believe it when I, when I saw it. And then when he chucked on uh, Snodgrass and Snodgrass with. Winning that that last free kick, I mean, brilliant to get himself, uh, get his body in front of Serge Aurier. Um, that was s- such a textbook free kick to win. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, the the the, the goal to equalise, oh, just absolutely. I mean, I'm sure like every other fan, oh, I'll scream my bollocks off, absolutely screaming them off. Um, I couldn't believe that we'd actually pulled like that. That is so. That is so unlike us, you know. To you know, I mean, it's it's not unlike us to lose three two to Spurs because that has happened a few times over the last couple of seasons. Um, you know, so you know, go three 0 down, then make a bit of a fight for it. But to actually go and get that equaliser, that was special. That was special. Um, the Balbuena header. That was a good header. Um, the setup for the second goal was pretty good. Yarmolenko did really well, and Kufel, Sufel, whatever his name is, however you pronounce it, sorry, 
put in a good, good cross that, yeah, I mean, you get your body on that, you, and you know, you've got every chance to divert into the goal, which is what that Davison Sanchez did. So, you know, that was good play there. Um, and Yarmolenko got a lot of stick for, you know, his part that he played for not tracking back for the Arsenal goal. Well, I tell you what, just before we went and scored the equaliser, he tracked back and put Gareth Bale off while Gareth Bale was one-on-one. Um, how Gareth Bale did not score that um, that to make to make it 4-2, I, I, I'm absolutely... I, I can't even work that out. A player like him, okay, maybe he's a bit rusty, he hasn't played for a while, but still, he should be putting that away. He should be hitting the target. Should be hitting the target. Uh, but fuck him. <laughs> um, but Yarmolenko, if you look back, Yarmolenko ran all the way back and he was the one um, getting in the way of uh, of Bale to, to put him off for that shot. So fair play to, to Yarmolenko. Um, I think we're seeing potentially, we could be seeing uh, less and less game, game time now for, for Mark Noble. Um, don't get me wrong, the substitutions that David Moyes made were the correct ones. He made the correct ones. We were like we were 3-0 down. He had to make more attacking. Like I mean, the game, you know, at 80 minutes, you're 3-0 down. The game's lost. Um, like I mean, in fairness, he could have put he could have put Noble on to sort of shore it up a little bit. But I think, well, yeah, maybe it's going against what what he's trying to do now. Maybe he is trying to make, you know, if we do go three 0 down, maybe maybe he still wants to go for it. Maybe like he, you know, his interview afterwards, you know, he's saying that the team's improving, and I, I agree with that. Um, like the the belief in the team at the moment is is unbelievable, and the performances that we've had uh, recently over some top top sides um, is showing it. And to to be honest, you know we got Man City this weekend. I'm, uh, I mean, I was initially a bit daunted, but after seeing Man City play this season, the way we're playing at the moment, maybe this ain't a bad time to play them. Maybe, like maybe we're gonna. You know, we're going to catch him on a... We could catch him on a bad day. We could, Maybe we could nick something. I mean, you know, I know, I know the last three or four years we've been getting smashed, you know, by them um, every week. But I think the way we're, we're set up at the moment, um, Arthur Masuaku and Kufel on the wings at the moment, the back three seems to be working quite well. Declan Rice and uh, Suchek, I can't can't praise them enough for centre mid pairing like like I've said before they could get into anyone's team and they could get into anyone's team um and then you've got the guys up front Antonio he doesn't stop running you've got you know Jared Bowen um Fornells didn't have his greatest game but he's he is obviously a key ingredient to that team at the moment, he obviously is because it's it's working. It is working, um, and you know when you got you know Lanzini must be on cloud nine, and you you know maybe he's thinking yeah like maybe maybe I can have a a real go at this again. Like maybe I can maybe I can try and you know find some form because scoring an absolute worldie like that, you know that's going to give you all the confidence in the world, isn't it? Um, 
Yarmolenko coming on and, you know, doing well, tracking back. Um, as long as he keeps on doing that, um, you could, you know, you could argue that, you know, he's he's a threat up top. As, well, he is a threat up top. We know he's a threat up top. He ain't pacey, but he's definitely a threat. He can pass the ball. He can shoot. Um, yes, he's very left-footed, but, you know, he's, he's still a good option to have, I think. Um, I don't know where Haller was at the weekend. If anyone knows, please do let me know. Um, but no idea why he weren't on a bench. Um, but we've got Man City this weekend. You've got Ben Rama, who could come in, I would imagine, after the last few performances, he's going to be on the bench. There's there's no way you can just throw him straight straight into the team. We could, but I I, I think that would be very unfair on the likes of, you know, because let's face it, if he's if he's going to be taking anyone's place, it will probably be Fornells uh, because attacking wise, uh, I don't want to be too harsh on Fornells because he he's obviously he is doing something with the team. He's like the the chemistry is obviously there with the team at the moment. Uh, I know that sounds very FIFA, but it, it obviously is. Um, but Ben Rama has got to be challenging for that spot for me. And I'm sure everyone would agree. Um, so I think going into the Man City game, we've got a hell of a chance to get to get something out of that game. Um, it's just amazing to think, you know, we were looking at all these fixtures and initially, you know, we're shitting ourselves. Um, but I'm definitely one that was shitting themselves, you know, with, with regards to the fixtures that we were going to come up against for the first seven games. Very, very unfair, but... Maybe it's the right time to be playing these teams at the start of the season. Um, you know, um, our confidence is high. Uh, Moyes, Moyes and the backroom staff have got us playing. Um, I, to be honest, I don't think... I don't think we fear anyone at the moment. In fact, I would almost say that teams should be fearing us because we really are... I, th- I think you look at us over the last three, four, five games. Um, I'm not going to put Newcastle in that. But, you know, the Arsenal, the Wolves, the Leicester, Spurs. I think teams are not looking forward to playing us now because they can see that we have got one hell of a work ethic. Um, and I think people will be worried about coming to play us. Um, I was talking about Noble earlier. I think we're going to see less and less involvement from him as the season goes on, sadly. Not sadly. I mean, it was inevitable that, you know, his his playing time was obviously going to slow down. Um, I think, obviously, what Moyes did at the weekend with putting attackers on uh, was obviously the right thing to do uh, because, you know, he thought that there was an opportunity to try... And score a couple of goals. And we definitely... I definitely thought we had goals in us. So he wanted to try and push for, for a goal or two. You know, just to try and claw that claw that goal difference back. And, you know, he got he got more than two goals. You know, he got a point, which was stunning. Um, whereas, you know, maybe previously, he might have put on Mark Noble to, you know, try and make it a little bit more solid so, you know, we weren't as, as open. Um... But he didn't, and and we went for it. Um, maybe Mark Noble will be, 
you know, one of them players that he's going to come on with 15, 20 minutes to go if we're, you know, 2 new up, 3 new up against the team, uh, just to shore it up a little bit, you know, just to make us more solid in the middle. Um, he's not going to be running the full 90 minutes, but I, I just don't see how he gets in that team at the moment with Declan Rice and Suchek. Like, they're, they're running a show in midfield at the moment. The shape that we're playing as well, like he's not going to play up top with Fornells or 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 Bowen or Antonio. Um, I see, I really do see Noble's playing time. You know, it's 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 he's not going to be seeing. He's not going to be playing the amount of games that that he was. Um, you know, I can even, you know, you think about the. You know the bench as well moving forward. Oh, when you've got the likes of um, Ben Rama coming into the team, Lanzini showed, you know, that he can he can go and score. I mean, don't get me wrong, Lanzini's got a lot more. He's got a lot to to prove to the fans, to to the manager, to the team. Um, but you know, when he goes and scores a goal like that, his his confidence is going to be up there. Um, and I know he's more of a winger, um, and you've got Yarmolenko, another winger, Ben Rama, a winger, but Lanzini can play centre mid as well. I think it's going to be tricky for Noble to get to get in that side now. Um, unfortunately, he's not the same player he was. Um, we all know that. I'm sure he knows that as well, and he knows that you know game time is going to be limited. Um, like quality servant. Quality player, really, for us. And, you know, four four or five years ago, he was unlucky not even, to not get an England place because he was he was that good. He was that good. Um, but with Leicester winning the league, Danny Drinkwater gets ahead of him. <laughs> Look at that guy's career. Fucking where is he? Um, anyway, to, to summarise... What a fucking result against Spurs. What a fucking result. Absolutely buzzing for that. Absolutely buzzing. Yay! So I was thinking about, you know, things that have happened in the past with West Ham and, you know, reminiscing. Because this is obviously present, past and future. So the past element, I wanted to talk about, um, my brother sent me over a, uh, a couple of clips of uh, a pub that we went to, um, and this was 12, 13 years ago, something like that. Um, we went up to Derby uh, to watch West Ham. We won 5-0. I uh, don't know if any of you, any of you listeners, if I've got any at the moment, um, Went to that game, but we went into this pub uh, before the game. Actually, first of all, um, we got our train tickets, and um, we we sat on the train. I say we sat on the train. We stood on the train from uh, from London up to up to Derby, uh, just doing drinking games all the way up to Derby. Then we we got off, and I mean Derby in itself is a shithole. Um, there's fuck all going on there. Um, it's real, 
for what I remember, it's just all terrace houses everywhere. Um, but we found this pub that just all, there was just tons of West Ham in there. And I remember that we just kept on singing, um, Ah, oh, four, a blind bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air, they fly up so wide, and so on and so on. Um, and what else? I think we were singing, We Are West End's Club, Blue Army, and we were just going on and on and on and on. And while we're in there, I'm banging the wall. Um, <laughs> and as I'm banging it, and like, I must have been banging this wall for almost an hour, like the plasterboard. Uh, that was covering one of the one of one of the uh, what was it? Well, well, not not that it wasn't part of the wall, but it would would, would have been like a steel girder under uh, underneath the the uh, the plasterboard. It just started crumbling away. Um, I actually took a bit of the plasterboard uh, home with me as as a memento. So I've still got a piece of Derby somewhere in my house. I don't know where it is, but I definitely took it home. Um, but the game itself, we went in there, and Dar- Derby's football ground is like one of them shitty standard, you know, Lego set, you know, um, uh, stadiums that they were making. You know, like um, like Middlesbrough and Leicester and uh, who else? Um, there was load, loads of teams at the time that were all getting like almost identical stadiums. Southampton, maybe. Southampton was, was something like that. Um and you know, just just all you know, just a shitty standard looking ground. Um, like you go outside, you think, oh, looks all right, and then you go inside and you just think, yeah, it's just it's like there's no, there's no real identity. I mean, it's like you know, you you go to the Emirates, you know, you're at the Emirates, the new Spurs ground, even the old Spurs ground. Um, I went to Bramall Lane um, in January. I mean that that I mean that's a that's a shitty little football ground, but it's a proper football ground, proper football ground. Uh, but this one in Derby was almost like this, you know, futuristic Lego set that pff, wasn't that futuristic. Uh, it was just real bog standard sort of, you know. It's almost like an MFI sort of, you know. It looks it looks all right, but when you look up close, it's actually nah, not all that. Not all that at all. Um, and I remember going in there and like I, I think, what's the highest win I think I ever saw West Ham win away? Maybe one or two nil, something like that. To come away, uh, five nil was absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Um, funny story, a mate of mine um, had a bet. I won't say his name, just in case he gets a load of stick. Uh, but he's he had a bet on four nil West Ham. He may have even had the first goal scorer as well. Um, and when Solano scored the fifth goal, the whole the whole West Ham end the uh, whole West Ham end were cheering, loving it absolutely. You know. Uh, Oh my God! Five deal. What a fucking day! You know, everyone's everyone's tanked up. Um, we've just gone and seen our team outplay. You know this this piece of shit derby side that went down with record record low points. Um, 
And my mate was stood there with his head in between his hands, almost crying to the fact that he he could not... Well, at the time, there was no cash out. It was all, you know, it was like we went to the bookies, we placed the, book, we placed the bet in the bookies, um, and he was the only one absolutely gutted that he hadn't won 300 quid or whatever. And to be fair, I think I may have been a little bit like that. It's like, why couldn't we have just kept it at four? But you know what? Just for, just for added banter, it was hilarious, hilarious seeing us score a fifth goal just for his reaction, in fairness. He still talks about it to this day, about it being, you know, one of the most unlucky bets um, that he's ever made. And it was unlucky. It was unlucky because West Ham scoring five um, away never happens. Never, ever happens. Um, and it hadn't happened for some time prior to that result. Um, but it did that day. And uh, it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Fair play. So guys, things to look forward to, the future, the future of West Ham, what have we got to look forward to? Well, I'll tell you now, where I wasn't looking forward to us playing Man City at home, I am actually looking forward to it now, I say bring it on. I 100% say bring it on. I think we have got so many reasons to be optimistic at the moment. The way the team is playing is fantastic. Um, one one thing that I would say is I I, I think Cresswell has had a lot of stick, um, at the, and I I put myself in that to say that he's not he's not a left back anymore, and he's not a left back, but he's a left centre back. I think his overall defending has been excellent. And funny enough, playing deeper, his crossing, whenever he's crossed the ball in, has actually been pretty decent. It was pretty... It was... I thought it was pretty terrible, actually, um, during a couple of friendly matches that I saw. Um, and Newcastle was, you know, just dire, really. Um, but I w- I would say fair fair play to fair play there it is again to uh, Cresswell for performing uh, to the level he has done because I think defenders do go a bit unnoticed. I'm not necessarily you know saying that he had a a world class game against um, Spurs because he didn't. Like you know, you let him three goals at the beginning of the game. Like that's that's a disaster. Um, but I don't know if you noticed that he was doing overlapping, overlapping runs. So we we, we was almost doing a Sheffield United of the last season, having a centre back overlap Masuaku to cross balls in, which was very very different, very unlike us. And um, I like it. I like I like the I like the way. The way we're playing at the moment, and Cresswell is a big part of that. Um, I, I would, I would be interested to see if he can keep that perform, if he can keep his performance levels up throughout the season. And this may be a shit call, and people can call me out on this, but with Gareth Southgate enjoying 
the three at the back with the wingers, same as what West Ham are doing. Um, I'd be intrigued to see if Cresswell, if he plays, if he carries on playing well at left centre-back, I'd be intrigued to know whether there is an opportunity there for him. I'm not sure that there will be because I think it's like, you know, the way Antonio's been playing at the moment, Antonio should probably be getting into that England squad. He's a completely different striker to the to the ones he's got. I think Dominic Calvin-Lewin and Harry Kane are almost the same player. But Antonio, on his work rate, on the goals that he scored, his performances, would warrant a call-up, I would say. Um, but I, I am intrigued to know whether Cresswell can keep up his performances at left centre-back. And if he can, who knows? I mean, perhaps, you know, there's probably people listening to this and saying, what a shit call that is. What a shit call. But I don't see why it is. I don't see why it is. I don't see why that would be a shit call. I think, you know, if you've got a left centre-back playing well, and let's face it, at the moment, England are not exactly blessed with with centre-backs at the moment. You've got Harry Maguire, who's had a shocking start to the season. He's played Eric Dyer at centre-back. I think that's a pretty bad call. He's been playing Carl Walker at right centre-back. And he has done that. He's done that since the World Cup. I just wonder whether, if Cresswell can keep up his performances, whether he can get in that England squad. I, I would, I, I mean, whether Cresswell can keep up them performances is, is one question. Maybe, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, saying, well, perhaps we could, perhaps we can get him in the, the England squad, like, like let's concentrate on his performances first. Maybe we should concentrate on that and then think about rewards after that. Um, but I, I, like, I think he's, I think he's a bit of an unsung hero this year. I think he's, I think he's, I say this year, for the last four or five games, he has played well. I think. And I would, I mean, long may it continue that all the players play well for West Ham. But Cresswell, um, you know, he's had not the greatest couple of years with us, um, but perhaps we have found a position for him. Perhaps we have found him. We signed Craig Dawson, who at the moment with Balbuena, Ogbonna, uh, Cresswell, you've got Diop that is out injured at the moment, but I see Dawson as almost fifth choice centre back because I don't see I don't see I don't see why he should get ahead of Balbuena. Uh, I don't see why he should, he won't get ahead of Ogbana because Ogbana's quality. Uh, he won't get ahead of Diop. I wouldn't have thought. Um, and he should not be getting ahead of Cresswell, that's for sure. Um, I think with Masawaku uh, playing on that wing, that seems to be working very, very well. Um, and I think if Masawaku is injured, then there's every opportunity that he may consider playing Ben Rama there. Um, who else have we got? 
trying to think. I mean, perhaps he'd almost go as far to say, you know, maybe when Fredericks is back, maybe he might even consider playing Fredericks at left wing back just to keep that pace down that wing. Um, I think there are... I think there are other players to play on the left wing ahead of Cresswell. So I think Cresswell is a good... I think where he's playing at the moment suits him. It does suit him. Um, and I really do hope he keeps it up. And like I said, who knows? Who knows what the you know the future's got for him? But um, I guess let's, let's do one... You know, take one game at a time. Let's not get overexcited. We've only had three decent results. Um... But this this is the thing though. I'm, I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking about you know West Ham as a team moving forward, and I am optimistic now. I am feeling optimistic. I have I have belief in this team, which is something that I I wouldn't have said um, before the start of season. And the negativity is from them owners. That that's where the negativity comes from. I think as a as a group of fans with David Moyes. As manager, we want to see David Moyes do well. We want to see we want to see our team do well. We want to see our team do well. We want to see our team win games. We want to see us get on a, a little cup run. Um, that's we do want to see that. But the negativity side of things is the owners. We all know that. We all know that. They are they are the poison of the club. However, if they can keep their noses out of things and David Moyes, um, Irvine, Nolan, um, Stuart Pearce, everyone behind the scenes, if they can get the players playing to to the best of their ability, then that works for me as a fan, that works for everyone as a fan. If the board can stay out of what goes on at the training ground, then fine. Let's keep it that way and let's just keep progressing. Maybe the board have made a good signing for Moyes. Mate, don't get me wrong, I don't think he's the future. Um, he's not the future. Um, but maybe he is the sturdy pair of hands that we need. I know he's he had a, a rough few years in management with with other clubs like Sunderland but Sunderland was a was a club that was destined for disaster really and it has it's been it's just been you know one thing after the other and look at them they're in league 1 um again like another another um another club run by shit owners i think we're kind of i don't know i mean you know we say we've got shit owners i mean we could be Sunderland we could be Sunderland um, but I think maybe David Moyes, he is a safe pair of hands. Maybe he is the safe pair of hands that we need. Perhaps he will offer us that, you know, he'll, he'll get, maybe he'll give us a, an okay season. Maybe he'll get rewarded with another year. Um, and, you know, if we have a good season, I think I would take another year of David Moyes. You know, I actually don't mind the way David Moyes talks as a manager. He does, I think he talks a lot of sense. Um, I like his passion for West Ham as a club uh, because he does look at West Ham as a club that should be achieving things. That it's, it's a it, you know it's it's a giant of the game, and he believes that. 
and he believes and he wants to see us grow and he wants to be a part of that. So I'm all game for, you know, David Moyes. If he wants to grow our club, then I say fair play. There it is again. But I say, given the opportunity, and as fans, I know that we will back him. Um, and with performances like what we've been getting recently, fans are only going to, you know, they're, they're going to be more on board with that. They're going to want more. They're going to want to see more success. And it's... It's the... Good, good wins, positivity can only lead to success. Good performances um, from the team is going to lead to a good rapport with the fans. Um, the transfer window is now shut, so we can try and just concentrate on not who we haven't signed, but let's concentrate on the players that we have and back David Moyes all the way to the finishing line. Okay, we're going to have the transfer window open in a couple of months. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how the team does perform over the next couple of months. And you never know, we might actually be going into January and we might be in a good position and we might think, do you know what, we don't need anyone else. We, we don't need any other names. We might do, we might need another midfielder. Uh, we might need another defender. You don't know. Like, we, we might have a horrendous injury to someone. Um, but we might not. And if we don't, then I guess David Moyes has to assess and, you know, make sure that he, you know, he's he's got the right squad of players that he can move forward with to take us to the end of the season. If he takes us to the end of the season and we have a, you know, say if we have, it, like... If we have a mid-table finish with uh, with a decent cup run, I think I think all West Ham all West Ham fans would take that over last season's disaster. Um, just a bit of stability uh, would be nice, and you know maybe I don't want to sound um, I don't want to sound too. Uh, I don't want to sound not not ambitious. I don't know if there's a better word for that. <laughs> but I don't I'd like I, I I would like to see some stability over the next couple of years. I'd like to see us just, you know, you know, have some pick up wins, you know, and just kind of start from scratch because that's where we are at the moment. We are starting from scratch, unfortunately. We haven't progressed. Um we've gone backwards. But maybe Moyes is the person to offer a bit of stability. Anyway, that's enough for me. Let's wait until we see what, what happens with uh, Man City at home. I am looking forward to it. Um, I'm not going to offer a prediction on the score um, because I really have got no idea. I think it could go one or two ways. Um, but let's just, let's just stay positive. Let's try and get that win against Man City and let's try and keep on creeping up that table. GSB out.